0: Hello, and welcome to episode 75 of Prosperity by the Pine. I'm your host, Bryce Carter, certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant, certified investment management analyst, and self-proclaimed millennial money expert. This is a podcast where we talk about money, investing, business, and life success, all while having a cold beer. So special episode this week. We have a very special guest, the man, the myth, the legend, Mark Carter, chartered financial consultant himself, and also my father. We're going to be talking about your entrepreneurial path.
1: I'm excited. A little disappointed I wasn't on episode one, but uh, here I am.
0: Here he is. So we're going to be talking uh, uh, with my dad and business partner on his start as an entrepreneur and getting going. But before we get into the business, it's time to get into the fun. So the beer of the week is from Old Nation Brewing out of Williamston, Michigan. It is the uh, a Vienna-style lager. It doesn't have like a name to it. It just says Vienna-style lager. And it is 5%. And they say it carries balanced, nutty, toasted notes which support light and delicate spice. Uh, well, let's give it a try.
1: All right. Cheers. Cheers.
0: Well, that is delicious.
1: It's actually really good. When yeah. you were starting to read to things, I was a little worried, but I don't, it's actually yeah. good.
0: I, I thought it was going to be more of a kind of a kind of a heavier porter type, but this is a light but flavorful lager. I like it. So, why don't you kind of start out by giving us a little background, and yeah, uh, uh, you know, I guess why don't you talk about now where you are right now in your career, and then we'll get to the start.
1: All right. Where I'm at right now in my career, um, really, I'm at the, a very sweet spot in, in my career and life, meaning the fact you all the work that was put in for all those years, really for about the past 10 years, have, have paid off dramatically, where I have much more control of my time. I have much more control of uh, the personal things that I do. I, I still work, uh, I think, hard, I don't work as many hours obviously as I used to um you know money isn't uh, an issue like it was 30 plus years ago um I I feel like it's at a very successful and profitable point in my life and it's it's a blessing
0: yeah so I guess you know from that perspective what does what what got it all started, right? So now you're 32 years into this business, I believe, 32 or 33. And uh, and and take us through the beginning years of Mark Carter launching himself as an entrepreneur, as giving finance, financial and insurance advice to people.
1: So I want to go a little bit earlier than that. And this is the reason why is because so many times you get individuals that come in from different walks of life, Uh, maybe parents were in a different scenario, uh, didn't come from, maybe come from a lower income or whatever and they don't think that uh, they have the possibility of building their own business. And I just simply say that is totally false. You know, life is not about uh, the cards you're dealt but the hand you make. And uh, when you look in that mirror every single day when you get up, you have control of your own destiny that particular day. And, um, you know, mine was very non-traditional. Uh, I came from a family, and the family, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. Uh, didn't have a very good relationship with my father. Uh, you know, I won't get into those reasonings, but, but I left home at 17. So I've been on my own uh, since age 17. I finished high school in an apartment by myself. Um, you know, frankly uh, was between work and, and, uh, high school, uh, you know, the, the hours were pretty grueling, um, moved to Michigan and, um, met my, uh, lovely wife, my mother, yeah, your mother <laughs> at, uh, 21. Uh, we were married and, you know, had Brandon at 22 and Bryce at, uh, or excuse me, Brittany at 24 and you at 26. And, you know, so I didn't have this tradition, you finished uh, high school and then you go to college. You know we had to you know, I had to take courses in different things and and spare time and scrape the money to actually do that. Um, but you know, I was working in a profession in that particular profession. you know, I was working 60 hours a week, sixty five hours a week, I was punching a clock, um, and realized how much work and effort and the the likelihood, me actually being able to provide the things that I want for my family, uh, was non-existent. Yeah. And so when you start giving that picture or that vision, then, um, I, I was blessed, uh, to meet what I call my mentor right now. And, um, you know, at 25, I left that, you know, consistent paying job to, to open uh, a business in the financial service industry. And uh, it's a tough. It's it's tough because at that particular point, you had two kids with one on the way. We lived in a 14 by 64 home. I didn't have the money to go do a storefront office. So, you know, my first office was the back bedroom of that, of that mobile home. Smiling and dialing. Smiling and dialing. And, um, you know, that's what you did back then. Yeah. And Well, and at the time in financial services, there was no
0: – when you started, no helping salary or anything. It was all – Yep. Make yep. it your own commission only. And so that's a hell of a leap of faith to have two little ones at home, uh, you know, third one on the way, leave the paycheck, you know, 40 or 60 hours for somebody else. But you you had the bills covered to, 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 yep. to take that leap, to want the extra things, to want to provide.
1: So everything you do in life has a risk and reward analysis, right? I mean, you look at it and you say, okay, if I stay where I'm at, this is where I'm going to be 10 years down the road or 15 years down the road. And if I make this move and I'm smart about it and I outwork everybody else, the end result is so much greater. Yeah. And I'm not saying that there wasn't struggles because there certainly was. You know, you go there and you have zero clients. And um, I, I think the approach that I took was, you know, leaving the house at 17 you really have to have this survival mode, right? There's nothing, it's you, and you're still young, you're, you're immature, you're making probably not all the best decisions, um, but you, you have no alternative. You have to succeed. You have to put food on the plate. Well, right. now you get a family, and now you're taking care of the whole family. You know, Tina stayed at home. She was a homemaker. That's what we wanted uh, for her to be there uh, for it's you guys.
0: certainly a bigger risk doing it when you have a family for for the young single person without any kids those obligations add an extra element of risk
1: they do they do
0: I guess but when you when you do have a partner a spouse a boyfriend or girlfriend that, that are cohabitating that support is necessary to, to make it right if you don't if you don't have the backing there so that's I right. guess how did mom handle it when when you said I'm I'm gonna quit and I'm gonna go I'm going to go into financial services, but I don't have a paycheck week one, two, or three, or maybe four.
1: So she was extremely supportive. Uh, It was really, um, you know, we looked at it, we talked about it, we had multiple discussions, and we talked about where we wanted our family to be in the future. And I wanted to provide uh, a scenario that I didn't have uh, for my kids to go to college and get an education if that's what they wanted to do and um the only way to do that is in our particular opinion is you have to take a risk yeah but the other attitude you have to have is i will not fail because you know if you go through a certain part of your life and your your struggle is to survive like i was talking a little bit about when you moved out and you're 17 years old it's survival mode uh and then you go into your business and and really You know, it can be nasty cold calling. It can be nasty going out and seeing people. But the end result is if somebody tells you, no, it's not life or death. Yeah. Right? And so you just have to take your bumps and bruises. And so we, you know, I came out of the gates and, and really... Uh, I think started off pretty successful and trying to make ends meet. Got to year two or three, and frankly, uh, things started to slow down. I got to struggle to expand at that particular point. Yeah, uh, I was having trouble meeting the mortgage and and taking care of the kids and and the food and those things. And so what I did was Saturday and Sunday night, I got a job third shift, uh, just. Uh, uh, working so that I had a, a, a paycheck to come in mm-hmm. while my business grew. And uh, those were pretty tough. You work third shift on Sunday, then you come home and get a shower, and then you're back to, because I didn't want that to affect the growth of the business. Right. But you do what you have to do so you don't fail. can make it. So... <clears throat>
0: It started out, and, and and when did it really start to snowball a bit to where there was a level, not necessarily of comfort, but where it wasn't a struggle mm-hmm. each and every day? And what were the steps and key differences, I think, or key moments that happened along the struggle phase that led to where it finally is not, it's not so hard anymore?
1: Right. It, it's uh, a lot of sweat equity. Um, but you, you had to get to that year 7 through 10 was really that changing point, right? Where now all of a sudden the clients you had, there was more opportunity in business and they're changing jobs and different pieces were coming into place. And so as the client base built up, then the expansion of referrals and the pieces that are necessary, you know, came in at that, at that particular point.
0: So, was there any major, major turning points after you know in the first five, six, seven years where it was like, okay, things are getting better now, things are starting to come together, and, and I guess what I didn't mention in the beginning of the episode, this is going to be the first of, of three I'm gonna I'm gonna do with Mark with Dad here, and and the next episode we're gonna talk about that next level that you reach as an mm-hmm. entrepreneur beyond struggling where you're starting to grow capacity and you're having to delegate and that's a different skill set altogether right right? right. when you go from doing it yourself but you know these beginning years where you're struggling you when you said seven i I was a little surprised i thought you were going to say you know started to come together more like you know three four and five right but you know was there points there where you're like that was the defining moment i'll tell you
1: one of the defining moments um and this is um, I don't know if it's a funny a funny or not, but it, it worked and it was to do this is you know after a rough day on the phone and I don't remember if it was year two or three and you know you're getting cussed out and don't call me and those kind of things I, I just had this vision okay, who could I start calling that would not be more positive and more receptive? And ultimately, what I did is, you know, frankly, most of the credit cards are maxed out at that particular point. I was broke, um, is... um I came to my mind that, uh, how about pastors? You know, a lot of them don't um, have benefits at their church, uh, don't have retirement, didn't have life insurance or disability or any of those things. So I went and spent 300 bucks, which was a ton of money, probably was the maxed on my credit card, bought a list of 2,000 pastors in the state and started mailing and calling them. And that was the turning point. Because at least when they said no, <laughs> they said no in a professional manner. Yeah, you didn't get cussed and, out. And <laughs> um, the other thing that occurred or happened was the referrals uh, from meeting them were great. They, you know, who else knows who's getting married, who's getting divorced, who's having children, you know, who's retiring, yeah. who just got a new job. And so, um, if there was one turning point early on, was that idea that kind of gave me this uh, fuel on the fire to get uh, through the next year or two and then, you know, keep going like that. One little idea and and kind of snowballed from there. And it's, it's so outside what you would think
0: too, right? You know, right. like, well, smile and dial, dial pastors. At least there's no four-letter word before the two-letter word of no. Right? Yep. I mean.
1: It, it, it is, you yeah.
0: know. So. <clears throat> any other stories that are that that might give us a little chuckle from those beginning years i think i rem- I, I think i remember a few but i want you to pick i i
1: well, I'm curious in the ones you remember. Well, because I don't it, know,
0: maybe this is not a chuckle, but I remember um, there was, uh, so we live in southeast Michigan, for those of you that are not uh, not, not uh, local here, and to the tip of Michigan, northern UP, it's probably seven- to eight-hour drive. And I remember right. you spent an entire day oh, yes. going up, making a, a sale that, that, that was would have Bra- been life-changing, yep. and then a seven-hour drive back, and by the time you got home, there was a voicemail waiting for you that said, I, I changed my mind. I don't want to do any.
1: Yet. Yep, I remember that. It was a, it was a, a doctor and uh, all the way up. And so you, you go from a high, which we put a good plan together. Um, you know, client committed to go ahead and do the plan and got all the paperwork signed. And you drive back in your own cloud nine and you get home and basically. Um, I, don't, I think his wife basically didn't want to do it or whatever the situation happened to be, but you came back and the whole day was blown and, and all the positives from that get blown. But there's, there is. There's, there's always going to be ups and downs. And ultimately what you've got to realize is you can't take things personal.
0: You know That's for true. people
1: uh they 're making business decisions, no matter how you think that that is the wise business decision from ultimately it 's their money and they 're going to make that decision and you can 't take it personal. you just try to be the best you can do, do the best um, service that you can provide, no matter what industry. be honest and ethical and uh the 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 odds will be in your favor, but things like that will occur and happen, yeah. and you can 't let them be life changing events because it's easy, and I don't care what profession you're in. It's easy to let that get down and just give up, and it, it, you got to have the no-quit attitude.
0: Was there any point, and I mean, I'm sure there was many, but there was was there any point where you were really close to doing something else? By the time you had been in financial services three, four, five years, it's still tough, but you now had work experience to where you could go get a very comfy job at a bank or
1: mm-hmm. something
0: like that. There Was there a couple times there in the beginning that you – didn't do it, didn't leave, even though you wanted to, and why?
1: Well, um, there was. In year year 10, I mean, there was two uh, scenarios. Uh, the past employer that I left opened my own business that was probably less than a year. And the interesting part was when I gave my notice, uh, he looked me right in the eye and said, you'll be back here in six months. And... Um, that stuck with me. It still sticks with me today, and that was part of the uh, no-quit attitude. But about six to eight months after uh, I had resigned and, and started uh, this business, um, he called me and uh, offered me my job back with a, with a, uh, a decent increase. And uh, I, I just didn't have any hesitation in saying, no, I, I, this is, it's not for me. In a year 10, uh, Headhunter contacted me. And uh, I, I don't even know why I took the appointment. Uh, and basically uh, went through the process and, and offered me a substantial job at a big broker-dealer. Um, and it, it was a, a six-figure, nice, very nice income at that particular point. And frankly, I almost took it. And at that particular point, I had to do a lot of conversations and, and talked a lot with Tina, your mom. And uh, she said, I don't think you can work for somebody else because I would have been in, uh, in charge of some advanced planning with them and therefore I'd have been an employee and not a business of my own. Right. And ultimately that was the decision. Once you make that leap, it's tough to go
0: back, I imagine. I
1: don't, I don't know how we would punch a clock right now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not that we're 9 to 5 anyway, right? Sometimes we're in the office at 6 or 7 in the morning and stay to 7 or 8 at night. But when you want a day off or you want to do something with your kids or something like that, you're you're not asking permission. It's your business you can operate like
0: that. Well, it's a different mentality, too, when
1: you're making
0: it for yourself, right? Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with making somebody else wealthy or rich or contributing to that. But once you have – been responsible for your own fortune misfortune Mm -hmm. uh you know your success and your failures that it's addictive and so i don't know how you could do it any other way there was a couple things i was hoping you would touch on uh the stories i didn't yeah stories (laughs) that i know that you know like tell me about i'm gonna i'm gonna bait him with this one tell me about your suits and your desk at that time
1: oh goodness (laughs) well you gotta remember this was back in 1988, so it was a long time ago. Well, you know, I, I was in a, a job that I got pretty greasy in when I made this change. So the first thing is is you don't have any money. You go into this career, you know, you you, you get hired and, you know, do all the training and, um, okay, so what do I wear, right? I, I At that particular point, you didn't wear sports coats and you didn't wear polos. It was a suit and tie game. Yeah. And um, I remember coming home after um, some appointment. I mean, I owned one suit at that particular point. It probably wasn't a, a decent suit either. And uh, uh, Tina actually went garage sale and found uh, where somebody close to my size was selling a ton of suits. <laughs> close to my size. So Close to my, my size. <laughs> and so I think uh, she bought seven suits at uh, 10 or $15 each. Yeah, and then we went and got them altered, and that was my uh, wardrobe. Was uh, 150 bucks. Yeah,
0: at ten suits, I, I don't know ten I don't, suits it was today. Just like, Believe I, me, they but, cost but more than ten like, bucks. You yeah. know, maybe it was eight. But you yeah. get the gist of yeah. that.
1: Is uh, my my first suits were garage sale suits. Yeah, and then the next thing was, I mean, I couldn't go to the store and buy a, you know this nice looking desk. I mean, we had hardly any room. Yeah. To begin with, uh, at a garage sale, Tino found this old, and I remember the color right now. This ugly green metal, metal desk. desk. Ugly I green. remember
0: a lot of teachers still had those when I was in middle oh. school, and, and, and so I know because they were. It was a teacher desk, I think.
1: But well, they probably got rid of it. So this is ugly. Because yeah. I guess who bought <laughs> it. Um, but, but ultimately, that was uh, your start, and you know, I, I just think it's it's like that in any business or profession. And, you know, we've had this discussion yeah. before. It doesn't matter if you went to uh, school and became a doctor, right? You, you come out of school, you, you spent 300000 or whatever your education is, you're not going to open a practice and have a line of people waiting for you to get in. Right. Now, why don't they fail? Because they spent Eight ten years and spend a ton of money to get that particular education. Yeah, the problem is is when people go into these uh, business as an entrepreneur and they're not putting out the cash. You have to exchange the cash for sweat equity. Right. And if you don't do that, you will not be successful. Invested. Yeah. You, 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 you got to be vested some particular way, yeah. and it's too easy to say, you know what, I, I can't do this anymore.
0: Right. Well, and you see that with uh, uh, realtors, they're Absolutely. high, store enormously high turnover, yep. uh, insurance, uh, financial services, mortgages, all those businesses where it is uh, professional services, a lot of times financial
1: related, they, they, they don't make it. It's well over 90% yeah. that people that are not successful. Yeah. So what makes the successful people, you know, that breaks that down. Um, in that profession, and it's such a huge percentage of non-successful.
0: I think it's luck is a symptom of work ethic. So worth, work ethic produces luck, not that they got lucky. It's the harder you work, eventually you're going to get a client to say yes, and then right. eventually you're going to get two, and eventually you're going to get four, and and, and just builds from It's staying
1: there. power, too. Yeah. You, you really have to do it with the idea that I'm not going to try this out. This is my new career, and this is what I'm going to do. Right, right.
0: So you've done a lot of the talking, so you haven't got to try the beer very much. But what do you think?
1: I like it. Yeah. I like it. Again, when you were reading it off, I was a little worried. But well, I'm kind was... of more of a porter, and I do like lagers, but uh, more straight
0: lagers. I, it was good. I was very surprised by this myself. It's uh, 5% alcohol. Uh, Williamson, Michigan, you guys don't hear me say that uh, this very often, but this is one that I would uh, I would leap for. Uh, this is a, a lovely beer. but. Um, We're going to wrap up with that. Don't miss the next episode, episode 76. It's going to be the next step in the entrepreneurial evolution. You made it now. What do we do? So don't forget to subscribe, YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, wherever you listen. That's where we are. Cheers. Cheers. The topics that I discuss in this podcast are meant to be general information and educational only. I'm not giving you specific advice because I don't know you personally. In order to give you specific advice, you should work with an advisor someone that can learn your specific situation and give you advice that applies to you. If I talk about a specific security, please can keep in mind I'm not recommending that security. And don't forget, investing involves risk. When you invest, there's always the possibility of losing capital, which is why you should consult with a qualified, licensed financial advisor prior to investing.